Hey, 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 it's show it's time. show it's show time. In a politically correct world where nobody in the mainstream can actually say anything and most people you come across in life are plain old full of crap. This podcast will be a breath of fresh air. Now you might not like what I have to say, but you know what I have to say is true. A real opinion about not real stuff. This is Real Talk. I'm your host, Kenny Ho. Yep. Haven't heard that in a while, right? You know what that means. It's anniversary time. I didn't know it was the show's anniversary until like three days ago. But yes, two years ago, I started podcasting. And maybe you started listening? I doubt it. Did you accidentally click on the link? Did you think I was Stephen Aoki? Do I look like Stephen Aoki to you? Did you think it was Stephen Aoki on the picture? Because I won't be throwing any cakes. I actually bought a cake for the anniversary show, but I'm totally eating that afterwards. What a fool for throwing away perfectly good cake. But anyway, if you didn't accidentally click and you're tuning in for realsies and tuning in to season three of the Kenny Ho Show, formerly known as Real Talk, and my third year of podcasting, thank you. Appreciate it. You're awesome. You know, a little over two years ago, I started listening to Fat Kev Smith. And I took his advice about starting a podcast. It's still one of the best calls I've ever made. Stop caring in general is probably the best call I've ever made. This is a close second. I've had so much fun these past couple of years talking about talking about all things nerdy, day in. Well, maybe not day in, day out. Week in, week out. And hopefully that was entertaining for you. And as I said, if you've tuned in at any point and stayed for the full show, thank you. You're one of six people who have done so. Uh, oh, uh, teardrops on my guitar. And hopefully you're tuning in because you like what I have to say, find value in what I have to say, and that you're not a stalker. Because if you are, no thank you, I will pass, sir. Change your life if you're a stalker. If you need any proof that you're walking down a dark road, look at my homegirl Nikita's new show, coincidentally enough, called Stalker, and that got axed by CBS. Oh, back on point. Over this past year, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been consumed by podcasts. I've been branching out and spinning off. Like, I was trying to think back, actually, the other day to kind of the first podcast I did that was outside of this show, and I had the hardest time remembering what the title was. Because it really felt like a lifetime ago. This year... It kind of flew by, but at the same time, a lot has happened. Like, it took me literally, like, two or three minutes to be like, what podcast was that? Helmets and Headsets. Did that with a couple of guys from work, and it was a lot of fun. For a bit, anyway. I mean, I was looking forward to this sucker every single week. But then after a while, I realized I didn't really fit in. There were times I would just sit there and, because we always had a couple beers or whatever some alcohol on us when we were doing the show, that I was just sitting and drinking by myself, listening to these guys talk, and I had no idea what they were talking about. They just had so many reference points that I couldn't relate to. And, you know, a few times they'd point that out, and I felt like ass, and it was just not, 
that's just not what I needed. I mean, at the time, I was wrist deep in stuff. And at that time, uh, my spinoffs were coming out. And because they're spinoffs, they spun off from the Kenny Ho show. That's stuff that I love talking about. And I guess as importantly, knew what the hell was going on. The first one, of course, was Nerdtastic or Brian. I mean, that was a lot of fun, too. I remember staying out until like midnight sometimes at the studios trying to do this thing. Because we just sit there and we talk for a couple hours. A lot of fun. Did I tell you the story of how this, this podcast came to be? Like at one point, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do a podcast that featured real topics that affected people's lives. You know, and I was going to pitch it to Radio Humber. You know, and I was talking to Brian about it. I said, hey, man, you should come on the show and, you know, uh, you know, guest at points and do some music and produce for me. And it came back to me like the next day. I was like, you know what, Kenny? We should do a show just like yours. Never mind this real topic stuff. Let's just do nerd stuff again. And I'm horrible at saying no, so I'm like, well, I guess so. I don't see the harm in that. Yeah, thanks, Brian, for letting me spread my wings. Now I'm cast as a kinda lovable loser. And I think that was the first spinoff, right? Well, I'm not sure if it was the first one, but certainly my next spinoff ran a little bit longer. And that was the Scarlet Speedster, the podcast where I actually interact with a woman for once. And I'm surprised it went as long as it did because usually attractive girls like Amanda will have one or two conversations with me and then they'll tell me they have a boyfriend and uh, it'll get awkward and then I'll hold a bit of resentment. I'm like, you bitch, how dare you think I'm into you? Because even though I'm a sad sap, I'm not into every woman on the face of this earth. I've actually met quite a few beautiful women who I had zero interest in. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But yeah, I'm pretty sad that Nerdtastic and Scarlet Speedster for now seem to have more or less done their last show. I think maybe one one more in each brand. My interest is to do one more for each. But who knows? I mean, like, Brian lives in the middle of nowhere. We don't even live in the same city. So that's going to be interesting. Same thing with Amanda. We don't live in the same city. So it'll be interesting to see if we can get this thing done. I'll just keep an ear out. I'll try to make it happen. But I've also been trying to get a baby girl for a while, and it has not been successful. So don't hold your breath. And if you've listened to my podcast long enough, again, you're awesome. But I think think it's about time you tried podcasting for yourself. Podcasting is best. Like, grab your friend, grab your best friend, and just do one. Like, you could do one off your iPhone at this point. Grab a buddy, grab a friend, do a podcast about whatever you like. It's the best. Working with your friends is the best. Unless your friend is David, who I had on Real Talk back in the day, and he'll cancel because the voice is on. The Kenny Ho Show, episode 44, will cover Daredevil, Follow 4, Hillary Duff, Sparks, Take 2, and some good old-fashioned Miley bashing. It's showtime. Let's go. Daredevil, yes, it came out a couple of months ago. I know, again, I'm late to the party. Hey, man, I was wrist-deep in radio dramas at the time. And then when I came back, we had more pressing matters to get to. You know, Miley ain't gonna bash herself, you know? But anywho, on with the show, I'm really gonna just focus on the characters here and the casting. Because, you know what, I thought, I thought the world was great. 
I thought how the the show took itself very seriously really worked for me. But at the end of the day, I'm not familiar with the Daredevil books. So I've got no reference point. I don't know what they took liberties with, and I don't know what they did particularly well as far as connecting to the books and the source material is concerned. But I'll look at these characters from an acting standpoint, and uh, how do they stack up to the shitty Ben Affleck movie standpoint? Man, that movie was so bad. It was shit even when I was a kid. And I used to think Britney Spears was a fine actress and Crossroads was an Oscar contender when I was younger. So for me to think it was shit, it's saying quite a bit. Elektra, on the other hand, I didn't mind. I actually liked it. But as I grow older, the more I loved the comic book men and Fat Kev Smith and Jay, all of which are guys she doesn't like very much. The more she dislikes them and the more I like them, the more I dislike her and her giant manly arms that make most men jealous. Boom, first up, Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock slash Daredevil. Now he was an interesting casting. Another Brit playing an American superhero. I was like, ah, I guess they're better actors, but doing a story from New York, cast a New Yorker maybe. I think more than that, just looking at him, doesn't exactly look imposing now, does he? And of course, he got real jacked for this movie. He got, like, every time he took off his shirt, he looked pretty ripped. But still, when he puts on the suit, his, uh, like, business suit, it looks awfully dorky now, doesn't he? He kind of actually looks kind of sickly to me. His hairline's receding. He just doesn't scream badass vigilante. But that's perfect. Because think about it. No one in their right mind in that world would think that this guy were Daredevil. Or, for the longest time, he was referred to as the Devil of Hell's Kitchen. But yeah, nobody would ever think this blind, sickly-looking dude could whoop as much ass as he did. Hell's Kitchen, every time I think of that. Every time I hear that word, I think Gordon Ramsay. And speaking of suits, the original costume he uses is really cool. You know, the black with the red stripes, whatever the cloak over half his face, that's awesome. Whoever designed that, good stuff. As far as pre-superhero costume costumes are concerned, this is probably the best one. It certainly beats the hell out of Tobey Maguire's pre-Spider-Man costumes by, like, leagues. And though I thought Clark Kent's, you know, that motorcycle red jacket he had in Season 10 was pretty awesome, I don't know, this one just seems, like, more realistic to me. Like, it's more grounded. I prefer it to that. And that's saying quite a bit. And staying with suits, I like how they gave the Kingpin some special suits that I was hoping I could get at my local tip-top. Because I'm from the hood, I could use one of those. But nope, it's custom. But I liked how they had Daredevil find out, oh, this guy has a super suit, I think I need one too. And tied that together really nicely. And I'm really glad they took an entire season to introduce the, you know, the regular Daredevil costume that everybody knows, that iconic costume. They saved that until the final episode of the season. I mean, granted, we all knew what it kind of looked like because it was in the promo picture. And we all knew at some point in season one that it was going to be revealed. And you could guess probably they'd save it for the last episode. But it never took away from it. Made it more satisfying when we finally got it in that last episode. You know, I like the intensity of Daredevil. I love the fighting style. You know, how it was like boxing combined with all these kind of flippy moves. It was unique. It was different. It was fresh. But the one thing I will say that really doesn't sit well with me is the voice. He's just talking as he normally does, as Daredevil and Matt Murdock. This dude is out in public enough where it would be really easy for his enemies to spot Matt Murdock talking and then get his ass kicked later by Daredevil and be like, Hey man, that lawyer lost the case today. 
and I get attacked, they sound alike, I'm I'm pretty sure that blind some bitch is the guy with the cloak over his eyes so he doesn't need to see anyway. Like I know people make fun of Christian Bale for his Batman voice, but that voice makes so much sense. That is a great acting choice. The voice is animalistic, it hides the frack out of Bruce Wayne's voice. It just works. The Batman of Marvel could take a page from the actual Batman. Deborah Ann Wall. I had no idea who Karen Page was, but from the moment that she was on screen, I, wow, casting a super babe. I kind of hoped they'd keep her around. And they did. Turns out she's a big character in the mythos. What an interesting character. Full of mystery and a shady past. Having her in there really makes for an interesting dynamic. You know, she's got a great sense of humor. And she's flirty with the boys. She's easy on the eyes. And of course, she's got this need for revenge against Fisk and his cronies. Which, at the end of the day, gets her buddy Benura killed. That was a gruesome scene, eh? Fisk went all Homer Simpson and choked the life out of Uruk there. Ugh. Like, I love both Karen and Ben. And you knew, you just knew that something bad was going to happen to one of them or both of them. Now, judging by how the show kills off enough characters that no one is safe, unless they've got a long-running contract, then they're probably safe. But I didn't know how big a character Karen Page was. So there's honestly episodes where I was sitting there. I'm like, oh my God, she's going to get killed. Oh my God, she's going to get killed. She'll get shot. She'll get shot. She'll get shot. Like how she shot up that assistant dude. But at least for now, karma's not a bitch to her. Ben Urich paid for her sins. Of course the black guy died. Eldon Henson as Foggy Nelson. Never heard of this guy before. I guess I should have done some research, but... But, eh, you know video games and such but anyway Eldon Henson looking at you I think I should have stayed an actor but he's kind of tubby and I think I'm a better actor than him he's a tubby hack very likable on screen foggy lovely character fun but you fat son of a bitch you're living my dream Vincent D'Onofrio the show stealer Wilson Fisk aka someday to be known as the kingpin this guy is the best villain that I've seen certainly in a while, if not ever. You know, Bane and Joker, they come to mind as kind of the baddest villains of recent time. And obviously Heath Ledger's performance was legendary. And Tom Hardy as Bane, there's so many levels of awesome. It, it could take a whole entire show for me to explain that. But if you look at Fisk, the backstory and the character motive, I think he takes the cake. Like, the take on this guy is incredible. They went with a regular guy who was damaged. He's successful, but he has so many skeletons. You know, and he gets anxiety attacks. When's the last time you saw a guy on TV get panic attacks and deal with real issues? This guy automatically becomes relatable. And then you throw in the fact that his drive is for a woman? For love? Come on, everybody wants that. Except, granted, this woman he chose, Vanessa, was just, you know, aight. She was aight at best. Fisky, you're rich and white. You could do better than this. Honestly, like, show up to an audition for Karen Page and, like, throw a rock. Bound to find better. Either way, Fisk is the best villain because any good villain is one that you love to see on screen and find it hard to hate. You know, Darth Vader comes to mind. I can't wait for season two. He'll be out of prison at some point soon. Then he'll be running the show. Or they keep him in there and he makes Bubba his bitch and gains a street cred to finally be Kingpin. Could you imagine? That's the origin of Kingpin. He's the king he bitch in there.
Fallout 4 is coming! Through years of hoping, rumors, and speculation, and a fake countdown site at one point, hashtag Fallout 4 and a real countdown clock have led to the announcement, Fallout 4 is coming soon! Let's have a look at the trailer. Uh, YouTube this sucker and watch along with me, I guess. Ah, signature old-timey music. Because remember, the bombs dropped in the 50s or whatever. So sadly, Tay Swift will never happen in this reality. Holy crap, that sounds awful. I want nothing to do with this. But the cry. With the world poised on the brink of war, vault is reporting a record number. But Folks, uh, it seems we've got some great news. Now, do you notice how they're flipping from pre-war to post-war? I wonder if there'll be parts of the game where you play pre-war? Because I know in uh, 3 there was a stage where you did virtual reality in pre-war. hated that stage. If you're gonna do pre-war, make it better. Make it so I don't have to find some xylophone of whatever to get the hell out of there. It's such an annoying stage. We do, we do have... do have coming in confirmed reports of nuclear detonations. My God. Our soldiers were right. War. War never changes. Vault 111. It was 101 and 3, right? faces and sights in this quick look through here. The merchant Brahmin, you know, frackin' multi-head bowl thing. The robot. The ghoul. That way they'll slice the dicey's cats. Not actual cats, I meant the, the ghouls. I, I'm not a sickie. And looking at the graphics, I'm, I'm a little underwhelmed here. Like, of course, it's an upgrade from Fallout 3 in New Vegas, which basically looked the same. And that game must have been in production like in 2005 or something. And in New Vegas, they must have just used the same engine. But I think Skyrim had better graphics than this. Like, I understand the size of the world and all the things that you can do in it. You have to scale back a bit, but... I don't know, I was hoping that, like, there was seven years in between Fallout 3 and this game. And it is the PS4. I thought this thing would look, I don't know, next-gen? A little bit better than this? But whatever is gonna be fun. I love how this trailer ends. You have the dog going up to what looks like a Brotherhood of Steel Armor. If I pre-order this, do I get this? And this lovely part right here. Let's go, pal. What a way to end it. Bethesda, shut up and take my bottle caps. When I was a teen She was a super babe On the show Lizzie McGuire Then she started dating Joel The 
pseudo goth thing was kinda weird, but I'm still down. I talk about Aeroflash, Netflix, and PS4s. But it's the duff stuff I love talking about more and more. Cause let's face it, she's gotten even hotter as a MILF. It's okay, you have a kid, cause I'll raise him as my own. Cause it's time to talk all things Hillary Duff. And if I seem obsessed, it's okay, I've made my peace. Hill makes my heart go. Yes. first thing I do when I'm happy. Hillary Duff has listened to her fans, cause she's awesome sauce, and has done away with that nonsense Tinder edition of Sparks and given us the video that I was crying out for last week. Sparks, with all the neon room dancing, and Hillary Duff booty, yes! I love this video, it's great, it's fun, it's bubbly, and pleasing to the senses. It's just got Hillary Duff written all over it. Let's go, YouTube along with me, or else you'll be lost and not know what I'm talking about. Hey man, multi-platform's all the rage now. I'm just keeping up with the times. I didn't write the rules. Let's go. Ooh, sexy lips, Hillary. Digging the side lunges, what up? Now she's gonna have nice toned inner thighs. Some backup dancer booty. Nah. And look at those dance moves. Girl is definitely Disney. Look at that intricate hand moving around. Loving it, loving it. Whoa. Getting the seizure. Oh, Duff Booty sighting number one. Ooh, and she drops it like it's hot. Look at that. Oh, look at that. Oh, going for a swim, girl. <laughs> a lot of hair waving. Represent! Oh, listen! You can hear the flipping words. Skin to skin, we get it on. Skin to skin, we get it on. I'm telling you, these are some mad dance moves. These things are the best. This is the next Gangnam style. Okay, maybe not, but still pretty spiff. One-arm side move is awesome. It's the next Running Man, at least. Man, I love this video so much. Fun choreography all day long. Ooh, then we have Diva Duff. That kind of reminds me of Lily from uh, Modern Family, who tends to go, you know, diva, right? <laughs> this is such a better music video. 
They clearly shot this expecting that this would be the video until some genius thought, Hey, Hillary Duff's in the news for Tinder. Let's just play that up. Fucking gimmick video that everyone hated. Look at what we almost missed out on. This old school pop, you know, fun dance video. It just fits the song and you know what? We get to hear the song. Hey, look, Hilary Duff even adorably waves at the end. I love it. Good job, Duffster. Way to redeem yourself. One billion teardrops on my guitar. Out of five. Oh, yeah. Come on. She burned a movie career. Flunked out with the studio She tried to make it by being kinda weird But she just came off as a slutty ho Hannah Montana was a hit Now you just do worth a shit She's a washed up star Got a pocket full of bills Made me buy me some thrills At the Boom Boom Club Wait on second thought I think I'll pass on that lap dance Cause of your stupid haircut Miley, I swear to God If you just got naked again this week I'm cutting you from the show We're just gonna be a positive show from now on Nobody wins Miley Cyrus doesn't like to be labeled, saying something along the lines of she doesn't want to be a boy, but she doesn't want to be called a girl either because that puts her in a box. She wants to be nothing. Well, to me, Miley, you already are. Ah, <laughs> burn! And she also says nothing defines her, which I beg to differ. Girl, you twerk. You wag your tongue around, and you do outrageous crap over and over and over and over again. It is your signature. You are defined. These things have defined you. Your gimmicks, you have been defined by your gimmicks. And in this interview, she also says Bruce Jenner is a hero for being transgender. But let's face it. Oh, he's a hero, all right. But that's not the reason why he's a hero. He's a hero because he married into the Kardashians and have lived to tell the tale. Yeah, I hear that momager's a bitch. Miley is also saying that she's bi. And quote, I'll never want to label myself. I'm ready to love anyone that loves me for who I am. I am open. End quote. Well, I guess count me out then. Yes, and you are open. For business. A little too much. Girl, you don't like labels. But your actions have set women back like a hundred years. Like it or not, little girls look up to you as a girl, female role model. And thanks to you, there's probably a bunch of girls out there who now define themselves by your action. Oh, hey, my idol Miley does this. I guess I should do it too, and if I don't, I'm a piece of shit. So think about it, Miley. It's great you don't want to be labeled or pigeonholed. I respect that. I know what you're talking about. But Christ, girl... Put on some clothes. Walk around with some dignity. Well, that's it. That's the Kenny Ho Show Anniversary Edition. It's been a fun two years. And I don't know what's coming up next. 
I have a lot of fun doing this. I have a lot of fun keeping the brand. I know next year is going to be a lot of Supergirl, more Arrow, more Flash. And hopefully I can do a couple more spinoffs. I hope Brian keeps up with Nerdtastic. And I think Amanda could potentially take on the Scarlet Speedster and do that. But I'll certainly keep talking about the Flash. It's been fun. Thank you for listening. We'll talk next week. Until next time, Lindsay Fonseca. I hope you're listening. And I hope you're impressed. Toodles! Toodles!